it's just it's just a huge part of my life like it's just it's a huge uh, you know passion that I have for and I think if I'd never gone traveling I don't think I just don't think I would be the person that that I am essentially travel has kind of taught me to be you know like really it's given me like like a lot of confidence I think it's given me a lot of confidence to be the kind of person that I want to be slash ought to be hi I'm Alan Hill the nostalgic vagabond I lived out of a backpack for many years during my 20s and some 30s. I'm less of a nomad these days. In this podcast series, I'm catching up with old friends, wonderful people I've met on the Traveller's Trek. And what better time is there to catch up, reminisce, and see how everyone is getting on in 2020? I hope you enjoy hearing about our journeys as much as we've enjoyed sharing. Most travellers would agree that one of the best things about travelling is meeting other travellers. On this episode, my guest is singer-songwriter and experienced traveller, Adam Sherry. Adam is from Dublin, but we met in Canada in the winter of 2011-2012. We share great memories from that time. Adam is one of the few people I've met in multiple cities, in multiple countries, as we've followed each other around the traveller's beat. So that's the good thing about meeting other travellers. Your network of contacts goes global. Zooming into Wales and Cardiff, I'm catching up with Adam as he settles into another new city post-COVID outbreak. I wanted to reflect on our times that shaped us into who we are now, but also fill in the gaps in Adam's journey from the last time I saw him in Dublin in late 2013. Adam's been quite a busy globetrotter since then. Listen in and find out the details, and also for a special impromptu treat. Okay. Okay, good to go. Adam Sherry, zooming in from Cardiff in the rainy weather. How's it going? <laughs> really good, man. Thanks for having me on here. Yeah, it is rainy. Um, all right. Yeah, it's pretty uh, pretty windy and rainy, but uh, well, that's that's Wales, I guess. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's been a long time since I've seen you, eh? I think the last time was towards the end of 2013. Would that make sense? Yeah, I think it was the last time. Was it in the UK or was it in Dublin? I think it was Dublin the last time I saw you, was it? You're one of those people, Adam, that I've seen multiple times yeah. over the last year or so in multiple countries. You're one of the few, <laughs> so you're one of the lucky few. Yeah. But uh, we've had some good times, haven't we? Yeah, definitely. I think I met up with you twice in Dublin, wasn't it? So once on your own, and then you came back with your brothers, I believe, and yeah. kind of did a little bit of sightseeing around Dublin. That was cool. Brought you to a few places. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah, it was brilliant. Mm. But we met, let's take ourselves all the way back to... Hmm... It must have been towards the end of 2011 in Canada. That's right. So um, so I got to Canada, I think it was at the end of September 2011. Yeah, so I was on like a one-year work permit, so the working holiday visa. And uh, yeah, staying in the, the same hostel, so the Canadiana. May you rest in peace. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've had a few other people on the podcast who have stayed in the Canadiana and people I have met at different times. I don't know if you know, Adam, but I was in the Canadiana briefly in 2010. I was there again for a longer stay, which is when I met you yep. in the winter time of 2011, 2012. And I was there again at the end of 2013. So I did like three stints That's awesome. in the Canadiana. Yeah, I did two stints. So I had a Canadian comeback tour later, a few years later and stayed there. Yeah. So, but the first time was definitely the best time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Staying at the Canadiana. Yeah. So you said you went to Canada on a, a work permit. Yep. What was the reason for doing that? 
Um, well, I kind of, so I traveled around the States the year previous, and I think that kind of gave me a real kind of dose of the travel bug, kind of the first time, not the first time venturing out on my own, but the first kind of long trip backpacking, you know, kind of on my own for kind of like a, a longer period of time. Hmm. And I just absolutely loved it, you know, just kind of staying in some places just for maybe even three days, maybe for a week or whatever, and then moving on to the next place and, you know, staying in hostels, meeting new people constantly um, all the way and um, just, yeah, seeing so much of a, of, of a country um like as big as, as the united states and uh, just sort of yeah i just i just kind of got a real dose of the travel book from that and i went back to ireland and um you know i just i, I think uh, i just got a job basically and you know it wasn't really enjoying it and kind of was like oh you know maybe i'll go somewhere else maybe i'll go travel kind of go somewhere for longer you know so i was thinking where can i go i was thinking obviously maybe the united states but you know the visas or whatever are pretty difficult and everything and then... um so then i was thinking like maybe maybe australia new zealand but uh, they're kind of they're a bit too far <laughs> you know a long way to long way to go so then i said like, oh well, what about canada you know um it's kind of it's you know it's it's easy to get to from from ireland you know it's not that really that far to get to and you know the visa process was was pretty easy as well yeah straightforward straightforward very so, easy isn't it yeah it is actually um yeah, so I just kind of said, I'll, I'll apply for the visa anyway and see what happens, you know. And you have once it was approved, you have like a year to actually go. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I just kind of said, um, yeah, like, let's do this. Let's go go for a year and, um, yeah, get out of here. <laughs> <basically>. <laughs> Were you still living at home at that time? Yeah, yeah, I was still living at home. And, uh, yeah, I didn't really like my job, uh, you know, at all. It was just kind of like, oh, there's got to be something better than this, you know. Yeah, I, I don't regret it at all. I mean, um, when I got to got to Toronto. Um, yeah, I, I couldn't come over an awful lot of money, to be honest. And I kind of ended up being broke and just living in a hostel for four <laughs> months or something like that. So, <laughs> so yeah. I was listening to uh, a, a podcast called The Deviate Podcast, uh, which is by this travel writer called Rolf Potts. Yep. And uh, he had an episode that came out recently about his favorite hostel in the world, which is this place called the Sultan Hotel in Cairo, actually. Okay. He was basically banging on about how he really loved the hostel because of the the kind of connection he felt to it as a traveler and taking in quirks of, of both the building and the guests in residence. Hmm. We kind of had this experience in Canadiana, would you say? Yeah, definitely. I, I don't know. It was just kind of um, such a homey kind of uh, hostel or something. It just felt like... I just felt like a home away from home. You know, it, it's, I don't know, just even the decor of the place. It didn't feel like a hostel. It was like, you know, kind of wooden furniture and everything. And just the connections as well made made with people from everywhere um, was, was amazing. So, yeah, you kind of feel really connected with, with that hostel. And, uh, you know, I've met so many people from there. I met back up with them all over the world. And everybody that I know that stay there says kind of the same or similar thing about it. You know, it's kind of a little bit kind of surreal <laughs> in a way. In a way. But, know, uh, yeah. yeah, it's almost like you meet people from basically every corner of the world and you're all kind of similar because you're all open-minded travelers who are happy to meet new people and learn from each other but even more to that you end up developing contacts and connections all over the world and like you and I we've been able to touch base with them again in their hometowns or we've had visitors come to our hometowns. Absolutely, yeah. Um, yeah, it's funny. I think uh, so. My, my girlfriend Katie, who I met in Canada, mm-hmm. uh, in, in Banff, and we've kind of been traveling the world together, uh, you know, since then. Um, you know, I, I've introduced her to people kind of everywhere, um, like in Canada, in Germany, in possibly in Ireland, in here in Wales. 
you know, and I think the last time I introduced it to someone, she was just like, "Oh, so he he stayed at the, at the Canadiana as well." And like, like, did you meet? Like, do you know? Like, like, are all your fans? Did you meet them at the Canadiana or what? Like, <laughs> like you, know, <laughs> you know, it's like we met a lot of people, man. Yeah, we did meet a lot of people, and you know, living there for for four months, and you know, even though, even though it's like broke, as I said, and you know, living in a hostel, that didn't really seem to phase me an, an awful lot, because um, mm. I just have you know so many great memories of other people that that came through there that were also living there or even just past past through um yeah just yeah great great memories yeah i remember i was living there not as long as you i think it was almost three months so quite a long time still but not quite four months even people who were living there for three weeks or six weeks and they had since got a decent job had moved into the neighborhood or the next metro station across or whatever they were just kept coming back to hang out. Yep, absolutely. You know? Yeah, even when I moved, yeah, even when I moved out, I I moved into um, an apartment, but I still was sharing with like three other people. So there's four of us in this apartment that I knew from the Canadiana, or at least one, one guy from the Canadiana. And uh, mm. yeah, every Friday, Friday and Saturday night, I would find myself back at the Canadiana, just hanging out, like and, and playing playing music for people and stuff. You know. Yeah, I have memories of of waking up at about three in the morning or four in the morning because I was. On the next floor, the, like the, the first floor above the main floor, which is where all the the common spaces were, yeah. in the sort of next terrace. But you could still hear noise if it was loud enough. And I do have memories on a few occasions waking up really <laughs> early in the morning and just hearing you blasting out tunes on your guitar. <laughs> <laughs> and having, I, I don't know, maybe 20 at least, maybe more people singing along with you. It was yeah. mental. Yeah, it was mental. It was, yeah, it was, it was great, and and it, it actually did so much for me, you know, like for my confidence because I, I never really did that much before. Um, well, I, I you know, obviously played music, but my confidence wasn't very high mm. um, before that time. So it kind of it was, yeah, it was great to, that people actually appreciated uh, what I was doing and really got into it, and just yeah, it gave me a huge confidence boost, just kind of in in general. And uh, do you remember what the most number of people were you played to in that common room? No, did you count? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, I, I I I saw it occasionally and heard it occasionally, but yeah. I remember there being a couple of dozen, maybe on occasions. Probably yeah, twenty. Yeah, it could be twenty-five people. I think you know at one point. Yeah, because yeah, it was pretty. Yeah, people just hung out there on you know on, on weekend nights, and so I think yeah, it could have been probably twenty-five people at one point. <laughs> you know, you know, just... <laughs> twenty-five. It was a choir following Adam to <laughs> yeah, the exactly. tunes of uh, Proud Mary. Exactly. Yeah, that song got played to death, I think, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> was it the most requested song, Adam? Um, it was, I think that was was pretty requested. I think American Pie was also another one. Um, yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you still play those tunes? I do. Yeah, yeah. They're always they're in my set list. Always, yeah. And always near always near the end of the set as well. Kind of you know, pumping kind of um, rock and roll kind of tunes. Yeah. So. What do you think, in your opinion, was uh, the best thing about the Canadiana and the worst thing about the Canadiana? Um, actually, to be honest, I I can't think of a single thing I didn't like about the Canadiana. For me, it was like the sort of perfect mix between being well clean, like well cleaned, well maintained, as well as being um, this kind of really fun party hostel, mm. um, you know, so it was, it was spotlessly clean. I think it was clean twice a day from top to bottom. Um, and there wasn't this any kind of like, you know, sharing like uh, shower rooms or anything like that, you know, it wasn't cubicles. Everyone had like a single sort of, you know, a single bathroom, you know, but also it like it had just a really like fun party kind of vibe. People just hung out and they drank and they played music and, and all that. So I think it just had like the perfect mix of, of everything you probably want really or expect for from um, when, when staying in a hostel. So I can't really actually think of anything I, I didn't like um, about it. Was there anything you didn't particularly like about it? Or? There was one thing, but it's a really kind of 
it'll make me seem like an old man, I think. But uh, <laughs> the thing the thing that I didn't like about it was I did often wake up with a sore back because the beds probably needed to be resprung or <laughs> the mattresses needed to be replaced because I think the hostel, at least the time when we were there, might have been operating for 15 years already or something like that. And I don't know if they had maintained or even replaced the mattresses since day one. Um, <laughs> I did work around it. And the way to work around it usually was just to have about six beers. That's it. I was going to say, I think most of the time I probably had at least six beers every night. So I didn't, I didn't notice. <laughs> you wake up with a sore head rather than a sore exactly. back. <laughs> yeah. No, that, the beds I think were, were fine for me. I, I don't know. Um, I've stayed in a lot worse places, to be honest. So oh, yeah, for me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, me too. Yeah. That's kind of a petty thing to have against the hostel. I mean, there's plenty of great things that I liked about it too. Like the ambiance for me. Definitely. Um, yeah. You say it was a party hostel, and I agree with you. However, it kind of felt like a house party hostel rather than like a clubby. Oh, so, you know what I mean? Hundred percent. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was kind of like a frat house. I think a little bit, wasn't it? Yeah, maybe. Definitely, kind of more like a like a house party. Definitely like a club. Like people weren't like you know blasting you know dance or techno music on laptops or whatever like that. That that didn't really happen. So mm. yeah, and there was kind of like um, I don't know if it was pool, but there was there was like ping pong and stuff as well at the back and things like that. So. Yeah. Yeah, darts. Darts, yeah. And there was that cinema room in the bottom oh, with the yeah. old Boeing 747, yeah. 700 seats or whatever. Yeah, the airplane seats. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Perfectly maintained kitchen. Yep. Um, a roof. And a roof, yeah. Roof, ter- <laughs> roof, roof terrace. terrace. Yeah, that was pretty ace. Yeah. Except it got a bit cold in the winter time. Oh, it got, it? got very cold in the winter time. yeah. Yeah, not as cold as out west, but uh, yeah, it still got pretty cold in Toronto. So you've been to a few places now. I imagine your hostel count is maybe over 100 these days, would you still rate the Canadiana up in the top echelons of your top hostels? Definitely. Yeah, I think it's it's in the top two, if not if not the uh, the best hostel I think I've stayed at. Another one that would spring to mind uh, is the India House in New Orleans. Like that, no, that's that's a real party hostel. Very, very fun. But New Orleans mm. is a party kind of town. But yeah, not as well kind of, you know, cleaned or maintained. Um, but yeah, so those Canadian and India House for me are kind of definitely probably in the top two anyway, I would say. Yeah, for me, I've got a top three uh, so far. I can, I mean, this might change, but my top three is the Canadian is in there. There's a place called the Green Tortoise in downtown Seattle. Hmm. I went there literally weeks after they completely refurbed the place. So everything was brand new, which was pretty awesome. Hmm. Cool vibe. Seattle's a cool place. Uh, the other one is called um, the HI Hostel in Montreal. Okay. That, I had a really good time there as well. Again, similar vibe to Canadiana. Big hostel, good facilities, and also really friendly staff who will take you out and show you the town. Yeah, um, I've stayed at a few HI hostels. I don't think I've stayed in the one in Montreal. Uh, I say I think it was the Alexandria or Alexandria, yeah, 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 something like that in, in Montreal. That was pretty fun, actually. That was a good hostel. Um, yeah, I've stayed in stayed in actually quite a few HI hostels, and yeah, they're great. I mean, like the the, the facilities and everything there, are, yeah, amazing. They're not quite as fun, and some some of them don't allow you to drink alcohol and everything, true, and things like that. But yeah, HI is always a good show. You know, you're you're going to a good hostel, and yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's move on into uh, the years that followed. So. We were hanging out in 2011, 2012 in Toronto, and I was there until just after Easter, I think it was, 2012. You left not long after that. Yeah, I left um, Canada, I think, yeah, it was May, I think, May 2012. Yeah, that's when I went back, yeah. You went back to Ireland, and uh, I saw you again in Dublin at the end of, well, maybe it was 
October 2012. Oh, was it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think you came on your own that time, and we just uh, we just hung out around in the city of yeah, around Dublin, had a few beers. Yeah. Yeah, you took me out to Temple Bar. I remember yeah. that. You went to the Mez, wasn't it? The Mez and the Porta Porta House. I think we went to. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was great. Have you had um, other opportunities to show people you've met abroad? Dublin. Yeah, a few times actually, and I think maybe they're all all of my favorite in the Canadiana. I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I um I don't know if you remember Rob from Wales. Um, so I actually I've met up with him a few times since I've back, been back here, and I met up with him in Cardiff before, and he also came to visit me in in, in Dublin. So I showed him around, and we went up to Belfast as well. Um, and you remember the German sisters, Catherine and Emily? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, so they they came to Dublin. I think they ended up they actually yeah they did they ended up living in Dublin for a few years. Like I think Emily's actually Emily's still there. Yeah, so yeah, so I showed them around. Um, yeah, it's been it's been a few people have come. I usually kind of hit the same kind of spots and show them the same places. Yeah, it's usually kind of like you know the, the Guinness storehouse is usually one thing everyone wants to do. Um, no doubt. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. But, do you enjoy showing your city? Yeah, definitely, uh, definitely. Because um, like I can kind of show people kind of what I think is kind of nice about the city or the or the good the good spots, you know. And hopefully they hopefully they enjoy it, you know. Yeah, I I, I do like Dublin. Like you know, Dublin is a it is a, it can be a really nice city. I I, I think. In 2013, you came over to the UK. Was it to watch a Chelsea match? Um, I think I just took like a week off work or something. I was like, guys, kind of need a, need a break. So I came over to, yeah, I kind of did a bit of a trip around the UK. So I came to Wales. So I actually met up with Rob in Cardiff. And then we went to, we went up to Carfilly and um, kind of had a look at the castle there, which is pretty amazing. Um, then we went to Bath and I haven't been to Bath before, which is, which is pretty cool. Um, so the Roman architecture and everything there in the baths and, and, and things. We went to Stonehenge, I think as well. Yeah. That yeah. was, it was pretty, it was pretty cool. And then, yeah, then I think I came up to you in Birmingham. Yeah. Yeah. We hung out there for, I think I was only there for like a night or two. Yeah. I, I, I have this memory of you were telling me that you were coming out to the UK for a few days on a trip. And I think I was basing myself out of London in those mm. days and I was in Birmingham because I'd never been to Birmingham before and I just wanted to check out the town and be there for like a week or whatever and just chill. We we must have semi-arranged something because I did know I was expecting you. But I remember I came back from town and I went into the hostel. I went into my room and just opened the door and you were in my room. <laughs> Adam, what the hell? Yeah, I'm staying here, man. I'm staying here tonight. It's like, shit. <laughs> You're in the same hostel as me. That's weird. Yeah, that was, that was weird. I mean, yeah, it was kind of semi-arranged because I, I, I did think you were in London. I actually went down to London after that. But yeah, so yeah, you said, oh, I'm actually not in London. I'm, I'm going to be in Birmingham. And I said, oh, that's cool. Maybe, you know, we'll, we'll we'll arrange to meet up. But we didn't actually, we didn't know where each where each of us were staying. So yeah, I, I, we just happened to be staying in the same hostel at that, at that particular time. And I, in, the in the same, same room. room. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, hey, mate, how's it going? <laughs> Uh, it's freaky, man. But that kind of stuff happens from time to time. I'm sure you've got some stories where you've just bumped into somebody you know completely randomly in some place in the world. Yeah, it's happened a couple of times. I have two examples. I mean, the, you know, it's probably not all that that all that random when you kind of think about it. But um, you know, one time, so when I was traveling in the states, I met up with these, uh, or I met these English guys in Orlando, or just south of Orlando. I think it's Kissimmee or Kissimmee. And so we hung out there and, uh, you know, they're really, you know, cool guys. And we did actually arrange to meet up then in New Orleans. They were kind of driving around the States in like a Ford Mustang, a convertible Mustang, which is pretty awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So they were doing doing their own thing, but we did arrange to meet up when we were in, in the same time we're in New Orleans. But then we didn't kind of rearrange anything or arrange anything else. Like we kind of went our own ways. And, you know, so anyway, 
fast forward a few weeks and I'm in uh, LA. I think I'm, yeah, I'm staying in a hostel in LA. And then, you know, I'm sitting on the bed, you know, just on my laptop or whatever. And then, you know, what do you know? Those two guys just walk into the room, the same exact same host- hostel room in the same hostel. It's like 2,000 miles from the last time I just I, I saw them, you know? It's like, hey, how's it going? Crazy. Crazy. But the uh, kind of a more random time was um, it's actually a guy that I, I met in the Canadian the second time around. He was in the, staying in the same room and uh, he's from New Zealand. He's from Wellington, New Zealand. And uh, we did keep a bit in touch. We never arranged to, to meet up or anything. And uh, I actually, well, I moved to Auckland initially uh, for six months and then we moved to Wellington mm. for six months. And just, you know, in, in a in a bar, we're hanging out, uh, having some chicken wings and drinking some beer. And I was looking over and I'm like, that guy looks awfully familiar. <laughs> like, and it's like, so I was looking over him and he was looking over at me. And then eventually we just kind of like, you know, our eyes kind of caught each other. We kind of pointed at each other and it's like, no way. Like, you know, you're the guy we like, you know, we shared a room with in, in Toronto, you know, and like we're in Wellington, New Zealand. They're just bumping into in, in a bar, like, you know, so it's, yeah, <laughs> it's kind of funny when that happens. I know. How many years time was it between those two occasions? Um, so that would have been 2015 in the in the Canadiana, and that would have only been like last year, I think, in, in New Zealand. Or, so about four years. Or maybe the year before, but yeah, so four years or something like that, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. It's mental, isn't it? Like, it's kind of a small world. Definitely is, yeah. It's... Uh... You know, I mean, when you think of it, maybe it's not all that random because, like, you know, I went to his hometown. You know, I know he, he lived there, and it, well, it's not that big of a city, but still, like, you know, and same uh, bar, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So it's so funny. Yeah, I've got a few occasions that that things happen to me as well. I keep a list on a, a word document, actually. But... Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. There, there was one time I was in Montreal, and uh, I was couch surfing with this girl that I'd met in California the year before. And I just was going out to get some groceries, you know, because when I go couch surfing, if possible, I just like to make my host a meal just to say thanks. So I went down to the local store, got a couple of bags of groceries, was walking literally round the block. It was up one street, turn right down a bit, and the house was on the left. Three minutes maximum walking, right? Got these two bags, walking along the road, kind of quiet, not many people around. And this person's walking towards me. And like you, when you're in... Wellington, you kind of clock someone and you instantly go, hmm, do I recognize that person or do I not recognize that person? Mm-hmm. And then as we got closer and closer, you get that feeling of like, is it, isn't it, is it, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and then we got basically level with each other, looked at each other, walked another one pace, half a pace, passed each other, turned around, and I went, Nick? <laughs> and he was like, Alan? what the hell, man? Yeah. <laughs> and there was this bloke in Montreal who I used to work with in Australia and it would have been eight years before. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And he was just living in Montreal doing a job there and I was passing through for a few weeks. Yeah. So, you know. That is crazy. That's random. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Probably random. So I went to his place for a barbecue the next weekend. Oh, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. It was ace. Yeah. Yeah. So after that Birmingham night out, which was just, it was one night out, wasn't it? We went to... What was that place? It was sort of like an old Irish neighborhood just outside the city center in Birmingham. Uh, we, we sort of hung out there for a bit. I don't remember. Di- uh, Di- Didsbury? No. I don't remember. Something. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I don't yeah. remember. We, well, we, yeah, we probably shouldn't remember. <laughs> Digbeth. Digbeth, Birmingham. That was the place. I remembered in post. Yeah, it wasn't that long after that that I returned again to Dublin, but this time with my brothers. Right, yeah. That was fun. And that would have been October 2013. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good trip. And were you just doing Ireland or you did a kind of whole trip around? Was Ireland and the UK? or? Uh, no, what happened was uh, 
my my two brothers came over and we did about probably about three weeks in sort of the main the main bit of the UK and then we popped over to Northern Ireland and then we came into regular Ireland. Regular Ireland. I guess you could call it. Regular. <laughs> just Ireland? Uh, officially it's just Ireland, but it can be, it's referred to as the Republic of Ireland. Yeah, as well. Yeah. The Republic of Ireland. Yeah. I, the, just Ireland. <laughs> and uh, yeah. And then back into, uh, back into London where they went home. So it was sort of about three weeks in the UK and then a week or so across the water there but they really wanted to go see Dublin and I was like I'm happy to go back and it was really good that you were still there in a sense because you took us around and uh, yeah my brothers really appreciated hanging out yeah it was fun yeah we went to distillery that's right and uh do you remember when we were in the distillery and uh, they called us up to be the whiskey tasters (laughs) that was nice do do you remember how we pissed them off um no remind me now I can't remember now (laughs) (laughs) so you get to try three whiskeys. Oh, I do remember. Yeah. You know, it's all a bit of a game. They get you to taste the the American sour mash, and then they basically say this is crap, and you sort of agree with them. And then they get you to try like a peaty traditional Scottish whiskey. You taste that, and they say, "How was that?" And everyone goes, "Hmm, this is intense." Now try the Jamesons. This is smooth and triple distilled and delicious. So we tried it, and we looked at each other and thought, "Yeah, that's nice." And then they ask everybody, "Which one's your favorite?" And what did you say? It was the scotch. <laughs> yeah, I said the scotch too. Yeah. I was like, the scotch is way better. Like. <laughs> and they just looked at us going, damn it. Yeah. Why do you like the scotch? And you said, it's just better. I prefer it. And I said, yeah, I like a stronger PT whiskey. It's the PT-ness I think I prefer. Yeah. And yeah. he wasn't happy. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> he still gave us the certificates there, yeah, didn't he? I think so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So that was the last time I saw you. However, you've been the everywhere man since then. I've seen you on Facebook all over the place, all over the world. So can you just sort of run me through where the hell you've been since <laughs> 2013? Up, so the last seven years. Last seven years. That's um, that's a good. That's there's a lot of places I've been in the, in the last seven years. Um, so you know, I I, I had a, my you know my my Canadian uh, comeback tour in um 2015, I think. Did you get another visa? Yeah, so I got I got a, I got a two year visa. So um, because I never actually did, I never applied for a second year the first time around. I was I was still eligible for another visa, but this time around they were given two years to, to Irish citizens. So I ended up getting three years in total, um, which is great. Um, so yeah, I had a two year visa. Um, which kind of gave me a lot more time to do things that I wanted to do. I also went over with a bit more money than the first time, so I was able to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I was, I wasn't broken living in a hostel for the whole time. Um, but yeah, that, that was it was great. Um, yeah, I got, got to do a lot more things in Canada. Like I explored a lot more of Ontario. Like went up the Bruce Peninsula and Algonquin, which are just amazingly beautiful. You know, then I obviously went out. To, well, I, I did. I went around Montreal and Quebec and you know and Ottawa and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then went out to. Um, Alberta then for six months at the end uh, of my visa um, and when, when I was when I was living in, in uh, Canada as well I went to I went to visit Cuba uh, so it was, it's really kind of cheap and easy place to get to from Toronto and it was somewhere I kind of wanted to go like a few a few people I knew from you know uh, the first time in, in Canada living in Toronto you know went to Cuba because it was cheap you know to do so 
but I also really kind of wanted to see Cuba because I'm kind of like fascinated by the whole like everything that the whole revolution everything that happened there and you know I love like Cuban cigars and this kind of thing so, <laughs> um, so it was somewhere like I really wanted to, to see and it was it was a, it was an amazing experience actually um, I, I picked like a really good week to go because um, it was actually the, uh, the week that U.S. President uh, Barack Obama visited um, I think it was the first time a U.S. President had visited Cuba and like 88 years or something like that uh, so it was a big deal um, you know and there was kind of all these you know guys around you know in the, in the black clothes and the glasses with the, the ear pieces and everything and you know a lot of the streets were blocked off and you couldn't go down and everything all these you know cars with the black cars with tinted out windows everywhere and stuff so it was kind of it was a very interesting week but also um, the Rolling Stones were playing a free show uh, in, in Havana which was like uh, I think it's the, the yeah the very first time a rock and roll concert had been held in Cuba um, and it was it was free, and I was like, well, I'm definitely going to that because like, I'm a I'm a huge Amazing. I'm a huge Rolling Stones fan, so I was like, I have to I have to go to that. Like, um, so that was just you know it was just pretty epic. Um, yeah, but but apart from that, like Havana was just really you know really cool place because um, you have all these great bars with you know uh, like live music and like you know I'm a musician so. You know, it's kind of music everywhere, dancing, you know, cocktails, you know, cigars and, you know, and warm, sunny weather as well. So it's just, you know, just perfect, really. And to like a, a cruise and, you know, a few trips around, see the countryside and everything. And yeah, it was ace, actually. Yeah, it was a really, really good experience, Cuba. Um, yeah, but then so uh, so when I did move out to Alberta, that's where I met my girlfriend, Katie. Uh, so it's uh, my kind of, yeah, my partner in crime now. So we kind of travel. Is the world she together. Canadian? Yeah, she's Canadian. Pretty much just kind of, uh, we've traveled uh, kind of all, all around the place together because she loves to travel as well. So we're, you know, pretty perfect for each other. And so we, we went to go and live in Berlin, actually, after after Canada. Mm. We lived in Berlin for a year, which is great. Like we kind of love the sort of bohemian artsy kind of vibe there, especially in the, in the east side of Berlin. Um, yeah, we're staying, we stayed in a cool hostel there as well at the beginning, which they had a cool bar that I played in often, like every every weekend. And that was, yeah, it was pretty cool. We did lots, lots of, because being in, you know, in Europe, we did kind of lots of trips around then. So we went to like, we went to like Croatia and Montenegro for my 30th birthday. Actually, where my, my present was a skydive. So I skydived in, in Croatia, which is pretty epic. And I was terrified, absolutely terrified terrified before doing that um I did, yeah i was about to throw up before <laughs> before <laughs> but yeah and uh so but yeah we did like a lot, a lot of traveling we went to like kind of around uh you know Latvia, estonia and went to russia actually which was a, which was an experience yeah we did yeah we kind of been we went to new zealand then we lived in new zealand for a year so were you only in germany for for 12 months yeah yeah well basically about 12 months yeah so katie had a year visa obviously i, I could i could stay there as long as possible but she only had like a year mm -hmm. visa and then after that you had to go somewhere else and you chose to go to new we chose, zealand. chose to go to new zealand yeah um yeah, and it's, it's yeah, it was it's probably one of the most, if not the most beautiful country I think I've ever been to. Uh, it's very easy to travel as well because it's not very big, you know. And uh, mm. but it's just there's like a lot of very like it's very very different kind of scenery, kind of everywhere you go. And uh, it's just yeah, it was like, suddenly beautiful. And Wellington was a good place for me as well musically because um, I was getting like a lot of gigs in in Wellington. The music scene there is great, and uh, I actually recorded my album there as well. Um, so that was yeah, that was yeah, it was pretty awesome. Uh, went to Australia for a couple of weeks uh, between mm. living in Auckland and Wellington, which I thought was was great. Um, we we kind of we stayed in near Melbourne um, with uh, this couple Maddie and Paul that we met in 
actually we met them in Munich. We were staying in Catherine's place in Munich for, for Oktoberfest, and um, so and they were actually staying in the same apartment. So we were all kind of sleeping on the floor and stuff like that in the apartment. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. But then we kind of kept in touch with with, with uh, Maddie and Paul, and we ended up staying with them uh, in Victoria, um, which was great. And they showed us around. They brought us to Phillip Island, um, which yeah, it was awesome because this is the first time Katie and I have ever seen you know Australian wildlife. Yeah. So you can't you kangaroos and uh, koalas and all these things and. Uh, penguins did you see the penguins on phillip island i uh, didn't see actually we it's kind of it's kind of sad we only saw one dead one so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was on phillip island um at the start of 2019 because i went down there for my brother's wedding oh yeah i'd never been to phillip island before but he spoke quite fondly of phillip island so i went there to check it out a couple of days before the wedding in melbourne and uh, i knew there was some wildlife there and i did see many kangaroos and i, I only saw one penguin Thankfully, it was alive. It was alive, yeah. So we were looking out for it, but uh, yeah, um, it's at the wildlife. I think it's a wildlife park there. It's um, yeah, yeah. It was to be, you know, we got the chance to actually feed kangaroos and stuff. So yeah, we were kind of blown away by that because we never we never seen kangaroos or anything before in in real life. So you know, it was great, and it was kind of it's like a very kind of a rugged sort of coastline there. It reminded me a lot of Ireland actually, um, right. around there. Um, so Victoria was probably my favorite state that I was in, but we also did go to Sydney and uh, went up to Queensland so we were in Brisbane and we went up to Bribey Island because Katie has family there we stayed there we also went down to the Gold Coast then as well sure um, yeah. but yeah yeah Victoria for me I thought was uh, the best part <laughs> so did you do a few trips out of New Zealand into Australia no just I think it was just a two-week trip so we, we decided to move from Auckland to Wellington but in between uh, we said oh, we'll, we'll, we'll take two weeks just to go over to Australia and, right. and check it you out. You smashed yeah. a lot in two weeks then, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, not really. I mean, so, yeah, so Melbourne and kind of surrounding areas in Victoria and then uh, Sydney and, yeah, and then up, up around Queensland. But, yeah, I suppose it was quite a lot for two weeks. Mm. But, yeah, then after that, then so after we kind of left uh, New Zealand, we decided to do kind of a whirlwind trip around Southeast Asia. Um, so we, nice. I think we hit seven countries. Um, see if I can remember them all now. So we went to Bali in Indonesia where a lot of Australians go. No doubt. I'm sure you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. And that was kind of my first kind of like Asian experience. So I was kind of blown away as soon as I kind of left the, we left the airport and it's just like, whoa, this is a completely different world. Like all these scooters and everything everywhere. And, you know, just the design, the architecture and everything is just so different. And like all these wires and cables, like just every, everywhere, you know? Yeah. Um, like it's kind of, um, it's kind of it was interesting, but uh, so yeah, that was the first place we went to. And then we went to Vietnam you went to like you know Halong Bay. You went to we did Hanoi. You went to Ho Chi Minh City. Uh, yeah, it was it was very busy, like like crazy busy in Ho Chi Minh City and Hanoi. But yeah, but Halong Bay was was pretty pretty beautiful. Um, and then we went to we did like went to Laos um, and Cambodia, which I have stories of if you want me to <laughs> go into them later. Uh, so Laos, Cambodia, and um, we did Thailand. Where else did we go? We went down to Malaysia then, and then we hit Singapore. Wow. Um, so it was kind of a whirlwind trip. How many days? Oh, I think we did it in like a month and a half or something. Whoa. <laughs> so you were was... really on, on just moving, moving, moving. Moving constantly, yeah. It was, it was a really a whirlwind trip uh, yeah, through Southeast Asia. Yeah, but... Uh... Tell me about this Cambodian story. You've got me intrigued <laughs> now. What's, what's, what the hell is going on in Cambodia, Adam? Well, I think... Uh, do I, maybe I, do I start with Laos or start with Cambodia? Well, no, well in Cambodia, um, what happened there was I actually... Well, let me see. Where do I start with this? <laughs> <laughs> 
So, um, so, so we went to um, an island called Korong Island. I don't know if you've ever heard of ever ever been there. I've not been to that part of the world, no. No, okay. So um, it looked beautiful. Like, you know, you look at images on Google and it's just like, wow, this is like paradise. And uh, so we decided to, to, to go there. But it was just like this really, you know, Cambodia is kind of probably, um, it, it felt like the least sort of developed country that we that we were in, that we, that we, we visited in, on, in, the, in the whole time on that mm. trip. So kind of transporting things were a bit sketchy. And so we, we, we got to a place, I think, called Sihanoukville. And we had to take a, a ferry from there. And, uh, the, you know, the ferry was, I think, was it's always late. It's kind of one thing about it, it's always late. We're thinking if that's the only thing that's wrong with it, that's fine. But it was like the bumpiest, uh, like, uh, ferry ride, like, ever. Like, it's just, like, constantly up and down. You're, like, you're going sideways. And, you know, you you, you wouldn't want to have you know, get, get seasickness very easily because, uh, yeah, you'd be, <laughs> you'd be in a bad way. It's actually absolutely brutal. So it's yeah, so it, and that's the only way like basically to Korong Island is that, that that kind of you know bumpy ferry ride. Um, but you know it was it was nice when we got there. The beach was kind of nice. The place we were staying at was was pretty good. Um, but we decided to just take a walk um, one day. And, like and it wasn't very much of a trail. It was kind of a little bit of a trail, kind of wilderness slash wilderness, you know. And we just got to like another resort, and uh, you know it was kind of a resort kind of under development. So there wasn't very many people there. There was a bar and restaurant. We said, oh, we'll just go and have like a coconut here or something. And then we said, oh, we're just gonna just gonna walk back, you know. Because um, then it, then it started like lashing down rain, um, and we we're walking like up this like you know the hills and everything in, in this kind of jungle almost like in the lashings of rain <laughs> and then like we spotted these like wild monkeys and you know and we kind of got a bit frightened well katie got especially frightened because that was one thing the travel doctor was telling us beforehand was to stay away from monkeys because of rabies and all this stuff you know yes um and so we're like oh um and they're just kind of sitting there in the tree and kind of running running around the place and we're just like um <laughs> so we picked up the, we, just, we just picked up these uh like basically sticks like you know from the ground just as like protection in case they would come come towards us so we're just <laughs> we're just wandering around um with these like sticks in our hands you know and the lashings of rain kind of like oh my god please like don't let this monk these monkeys attack us kind of thing and so we just kept walking anyway and we were we were fine I mean, once we got past them i don't think they followed us or anything so we were all good uh but we got back to like the place we were staying and there was kind of these there were kind of like um they're kind of like these uh, little roofs you put like a tent underneath these roofs essentially so it's like they're just like a, you have a, like a tent and there's like a shelter kind of like a porcelain or c- concrete kind a of more heavy roof. duty shelter than just a canvas yeah tent. heavy duty kind of shelter thing so we okay. were coming down back into the resort and there was lots of these around and you know so we threw our sticks away and the rain was tearing stuff we're like oh we're all good you know and i but i was walking out pretty fast and i just whacked my head off the top of the roof of this uh you know the shelter oh. thing i yeah i was in a bad way after that like it was a, it was a pretty bad whack and uh like i was i was just completely out of it like it was, it was like really painful and it was like it was fairly you know concussed or whatever afterwards um but of course i had to do this on an island where there's no hospital or or medical clinic or anything like that and a really bumpy ferry ride to get to get back to the mainland you know <laughs> and it's not something you can do with a, with a concussion to get, get on a boat like that so I just had to, um, you know, like okay, you just put like, you know, um, like a, some kind of, you know, like alcohol and grit dressing in my head or whatever. And I just had to like relax and like we were staying in a tent as well. Like it wasn't, it wasn't very comfortable. Like so, I just had to, <laughs> I just had to like kind of, um, yeah, just relax and take it easy in this tent uh, until we got to uh, until we got to Thailand. Um, mm. 
but uh, you know, once we got to Thailand, it was was actually fine. I did, like, it was actually the best hospital experience ever um, that I've ever experienced in in Thailand. It was in Bangkok. I think it's all private there, so like you have to pay, mm. you know, quite a lot for it. Um, and your insurance covered you then in the end? Yeah, it did. It, you know, it wasn't actually all that much anyway. Um, really, I think it was just like a hundred hundred bucks or something like that. I mean, it wasn't mm. a huge amount, but it was they at that stage. I think you know my concussion, and everything was gone, and um, they did all the tests they they needed to do, and it was like, yeah, I think I think you're fine. But it was like I got seen straight away in the hospital like didn't was no waiting and it was like really clean and this you know the doctors and nurses were really really good so yeah i was mm. kind of i was happy i kind of left it till till then to kind of go to the go to a hospital rather than go to somewhere in cambodia but um, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's interesting when that kind of thing happens i suppose that's when you really appreciate traveling with a partner or with friends because you know you're going to be taken care of yeah whereas if you bump your head somewhere in the middle of nowhere and you're traveling on your own the anxiety potentially could be a lot worse, couldn't it? Oh, definitely. If I was on my own, like, I don't know what I would have done because I was, you know, um, I, I, you know, I, I guess I probably would have ended up walking back down to the, but it's kind of weird. It's very, very steep hill to get back down to the reception area of, uh, of the resort. And, uh, yeah. Like, I don't know. Did you get like a laceration? Did you? Were you bleeding or anything? There like was that? it was a laceration. It wasn't very deep though. Like it wasn't. I wasn't gushing blood or anything like that. So um, it was just a. It was just a weird. I think it was just right in the front of my head. I think it was just kind of a weird <laughs> place to to knock your head. I don't know. But it was. Uh, it was very. It was very painful anyway. But um, were you wearing a hat? I, yeah, I was. But uh, I that's that... a, always a good thing to wear a hat. <laughs> yeah, it's also sun protection, but it gives you that tiny bit of protection for when you bash your head on random stuff. Yeah, yeah, I think it gave me tiny, <laughs> tiny bit of protection, but I don't think it get <laughs> very much. You know, it was also very, um, very sketchy bus ride um, that we took in Laos, um, which I wouldn't recommend to to anyone. <laughs> really, actually, mm. uh, it was only the bravest of the brave. Yeah, definitely. I mean, for long, for long portions, there was no road, and it became just like a mudslide and rocks, like like an avalanche of rocks from you know the cliffs and everything and i you know at one point i was just like this might be it like this <laughs> this, <laughs> this might be the end you know i just couldn't because because we I read we read sort of like bad reviews on about it online but like most of us just like oh it's just really bumpy you know kind of, kind of thing we're like oh we can deal with that like but then when the road like disappears into like, just like you know a mudslide it's kind of like oh okay this is <laughs> yeah <laughs> was this like a general commuter bus or was it like a tour um, no, it wasn't a tour. Actually, it wasn't actually even a bus either. I don't think. I think it was like a minivan kind of thing. So we we're kind of all piled into this like little minivan. But I think you know, thankfully, the driver was used to this particular route um, from I think it was the Wang Prabang to to Vang Vieng. So I think he was kind of used to it. Um, but still, like we, we saw like a truck turned over on its side. We passed, we, we, you know, we passed by a truck turned over on its side, and mm. you know, it just it just, it just didn't look like a road at all or anything. Like, how are we going to get through this? Like, um, it was kind of a really weird situation. But you know, thankfully, we eventually did. <laughs> how were you feeling in that moment? Were you just sort of going with it, or were you properly bricking it? Properly bricking it, I think. Would be the... <laughs> um, and how was Katie? Yeah, I think she's probably the same. I think, um, you know, first because because the viewers were just saying it was bumpy. It was like, you know, we're like, oh, this is nothing. This is fine. You know, like we, we can we can we can live with this. You know, but compared then, to that ferry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's actually before the ferry. So I think we're thinking, well, if that's the worst thing that's going to happen, then you know we're all good. But then obviously the the head bang happened. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that uh, I'll not, yeah I'll never forget that. It's kind of that. I don't know, that kind of moment where you're just like, oh, God, like, <laughs> like um, yes. Yeah, so out of your control. But... It's clearly out of your control. You just kind of have to, um, yeah, you just have to weigh it out. Just, you know, hopefully <laughs> get through. So how long was this bus ride? 
Um, it was a few hours. We stopped off somewhere halfway. I don't remember, but I think it was a it was a good few hours anyway. Um, probably like four, five, six hours. I can't remember somewhere around that. So you and Katie just sitting on this bus, kind of holding each other's hands, going, "Please let us get through this. Let's please get, let please us get just let us get, get through this. Like you know, yeah. hopefully this is just like a like a blip. And then you get through one part, and then they kind of think, "Oh, this kind of resembles a road again." And then you're like, "Oh no, wait a minute. There's rocks like avalanching, and there's uh, stuff, you know." So. But, yeah, uh, I remember taking a car ride in Pakistan from the Lahore airport into the towns that sort of are not too far away from Lahore, but they kind of feed the main center there. And driving on like a motorway, where it is a motorway as we would know it in Britain or in America or in Australia, and then all of a sudden the motorway just disappears. Yeah. And it's like a gravel road. However, you know when they build a road, they put layers down. Mm. And so it actually can be a good six inches higher than the bedrock. So we'd be bombing along at, I don't know, 70, 60, 70 miles an hour on a road and then just go down onto the gravel and on the gravel and then bang, back up another six inches back onto the main road again. And I'm just thinking... We're going to have a tire blowout or yeah. our suspension's going to get ripped suspension off. Suspension probably, yeah. That's... <laughs> they, they just didn't even slow down. They just carried on at speed and bang, back up on the road again, back off the road. Wow. It was ridiculous. Absolutely. You know? <laughs> I'd never been to a culture that was completely different from Australia at that time. So I right. was, I mean, I kind of, how old was I then? I was about 23. So I was just, you know, when you're younger, you just sort of feel like whatever. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. And I kind of was was like that but i think i may be a little bit be a little bit different now but i mean i have to go back and see for myself but i I have heard these uh these bus rides and these trails in some parts of southeast asia can be pretty interesting so yeah definitely but adam you survived (laughs) i survived to tell the tale so there you go (laughs) exactly (laughs) so after your um your asian whirlwind tour where did you go after that um, so initially we just came back to Europe. So we flew from Singapore to Athens. So we went to Greece and um, we checked out Athens for a few days. And then we actually went uh, on a f- kind of family holiday. So my folks uh, came over, my brother and sister-in-law as well. So we had a family uh, kind of holiday in Crete, which is really, really nice. Yeah, I had I'd never been to Greece before. And uh, yeah, it was, just, it was really beautiful. Um, yeah, I had an absolutely great time there. Yeah, and then we kind of just hung around. We went, so we went back to Ireland um, for a couple of weeks, and then we actually we actually went to Portugal then for like a week then as well. And Katie flew from Portugal back to Canada, and then I went back to Ireland. Then I went back to then I went over to Canada for two weeks as well, and then we mm-hmm. both flew back over to Europe, and so we decided to uh, to move to Denmark. So that was where we were living most recently before we came to the UK. So we were kind of hoping that Denmark might be the place that we can can, set, can maybe settle in at least for at least for a few years instead of you know this constant kind of hopping around the place. Uh, didn't really work out that way. You know, Katie got a, a good job, um, but I kind of was struggling to find work. Um, and the thing about it was, I needed a job in order to be able to like sponsor her to be able to stay in in the EU or something. So, so and you know, obviously then you know the lockdown happened. Yeah. You know, obviously that made it a lot more difficult. And I, what I was um, kind of actually getting to this to the, to the point um, where I was actually making kind of decent money from playing music. So I, I was doing that kind of in, in Wellington, and then I was starting to do it then in, in Denmark. I got in with like an agency and everything, and uh, so I was playing some gigs. Cool. Yeah, but obviously because of COVID, like that kind of had to, had to end. 
yeah, so after so we kind of decided, you know, we kind of where else can, could we go? I kind of kind of thing. I think the UK just kind of seemed the easiest, the easiest place actually. Um, it was the cheapest and easiest fees I think that Katie could get, and it like it will allow her to stay here for for a few years if she wants, if we want to. So so we just kind of said, yeah, okay, let's just go to the UK and <laughs> try there. So now we're here. So you've moved to Cardiff and you've been there for a couple of months. Yeah, now? yeah, about since here since the beginning of August. So yeah, the... and still everything's quite covid like yeah so we we actually arrived the day everything sort of opened back up so we kind of arrived on on a good day um the pubs and restaurants and everything just opened um that day and they were doing like a 50 percent off deal where you only you only paid half your bill or something which is which is great so um so we kind of arrived at the the right time um but also just recently so like a lot of um parts of wales have gone back into lockdown and officially now cardiff is 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 also in lockdown so you can't kind of enter or leave without like a reasonable excuse or whatever so it's kind of heading back in towards probably heading back into a national lockdown but we'll see how see how it goes yeah well yeah with winter time coming it's very uncertain how how the system's going to react, isn't it? It's the same up in Liverpool, Adam. Yeah. We've sort of gone into a more restricted lifestyle. It could stay like this. It could get worse or it could improve. It's just impossible to say at the it's, moment. It's impossible to say, really, yeah. So now you've got a job in Cardiff. Katie's got a job in Cardiff. You're settling in. Yeah. Playing music at the moment, which is, would I be correct in saying, your your absolute passion? Yeah, absolutely, definitely. Is um, It's hard to do. How, how are you managing to do any kind of musicianship at the moment well i'm not really is the kind of the answer to that mm. yeah you know there was there's um, a local bar that, that that said they might um you know put me in like for like a, a kind of weekly thing just like unamplified kind of thing you know just playing in a corner but I, you know the thing is they're not really making much money right now especially these restrictions so the you know the laws have um changed now that they, they have to stop serving at 10 i think and and, and people mm-hmm. just aren't coming out because because of all the other because basically because of the lockdown you can't enter or leave like they did have a lot of business on especially on the weekends people coming from the valleys or other other places of wales into into cardiff they can't do that now so there's, there's just not there's not really an awful lot of business right now i mean hard times yeah it's hard times really you know that's the that's the thing so i mean i'll keep keep trying and you know seeing you know i, I mean i wouldn't might, might even mind playing for free in some places and just playing for tips or whatever you know mm. but it's also the the thing like you know that you know have to wear we don't have to wear masks in bar but like you know singing is kind of like uh uh you have to kind of be, be a certain distance probably away from from people if you're going to be singing <laughs> singing for them so you can't sing with a mask on either can you that just no you can't sense. sing with a mask on <laughs> <laughs> and also you play the mouth organ too don't you adam i do yeah. you can't play the mouth organ with a mask on <laughs> no <laughs> most definitely not <laughs> so it's 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 pretty hard but you know hopefully hopefully things will get better and uh you know be able to in the, in, in the future but see how it goes fast five five quick fire questions require five quick fire answers my guests must answer five random questions about traveling without thinking too much. Are you ready for the fast five? Ready. Okay, question number one. Northern or southern? Northern. Question number two. Leather or rubber? Leather. Question number three. Venus or Mars? Venus. Question number four. Hostel or hotel? Hostel. Question number five. Full or empty? Full. Smashed it. There you go. The fast five. <laughs> fast five. 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 I wasn't sure why I picked Venus, but <laughs> <laughs> neither was I. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Considering what men are from Mars and women are from Venus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I was surprised by that myself. So I don't know. Um... 
Yeah, and yeah, northern and southern kind of, uh, kind of. Um, what I was thinking more was northern hemisphere. I guess was kind of what was going through my mind there. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you said hostile, probably because of the Canadiana. Yeah, um, well, you know, these days we probably, um, well, we actually still do stay in hostels um, a lot of the time, but usually like in private rooms, whereas opposed to in uh, in dorms. Mm-hmm. But yeah, a lot of the time we 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 might you know just just you know stay in a hotel, mix it up, just quick, kind of get get getting older as well, and just kind of want. And also having your privacy and and getting a decent shower and stuff, I totally get it. I was just curious about the whole idea of busking because I remember way back in the Canadiana days, you did quite a bit of busking, didn't you? And with all this travel that you've done all around the world since then. I imagine you did quite a bit more busking because you take your guitar with you, don't you? Yeah, I've, yeah, I did do quite a bit of busking in, in in Canada, and I've tried in a few other places as well. But I've I've actually never really been able to make much money from it. And I think it's getting harder and harder to do that as well because you know most people don't really carry cash with them anymore. But yeah, it's it's, it's kind of hit hit or miss. Like sometimes you can you can be there all all day and you know make you know a dollar or something <laughs> and you know other times you can make you know 50 60 bucks in you know an hour or two so it's it's just really it's really kind of hit a hit or miss but yeah it is something i like you know I, I do like doing from time to time but uh yeah i've never really been able to actually really make any or maybe make much money from from doing it so the best thing is to try and get in with a, a bar or a, a pub that does music and become resident that's the best way that's definitely yeah the best way yeah um so yeah in, in wellington i kind of pretty pretty much had like a weekly weekly gig either friday or saturday night and the welsh dragon which was uh, really really fun um and then just getting a few gigs in other places here and there um my fa- the favorite gig i've played is also in wellington but it was more where like people were actually sitting there attentively listening to me as opposed to just being music to drink to or being background noise or whatever um that was an amazing experience because they're just sort of like you could hear a pin drop between songs like there was wow. uh, everyone was just sitting there like absorbed by you know yeah, by me playing playing songs um so I have, I have that like a very fond memory of that but yeah and then you know i had a kind of a in berlin as well i think i had pretty much a week weekly kind of gig there as well in, in, a, in, a, in a bar um so yeah that's kind of the way that i would try to do that even you know, just even as a weekend thing like maybe having having a full-time job um monday to friday and then just you know playing some more friday and saturday nights mm. or even like a thursday night or whatever um yeah and have you always played solo or have you worked in bands and stuff too um for the last like a good few years just solo i mean when you know growing up in ireland i played in like played with like a couple of close friends that i that i played with so we had like a had a like a band and uh, played a few kind of gigs together um recently like in yeah no i haven't really been playing with anyone it's kind of something I'd, i would like to do i'd like to maybe get like a, a blues band together or something like that um you know maybe just like yeah we could blow the harmonica and stuff mm-hmm. like that and have a, yeah, have a full band behind me which would be yeah that would be awesome definitely something to, to think about um whenever all this covid stuff is is done with and you said you developed an album in wellington a few years ago yeah yeah that's that's right uh, it's called rambling around i imagine you've completely written everything lyric music it's all your baby it's not all so there's uh there's a few uh cover songs i think there's four i think six of them mm-hmm. are mine and also uh, katie as well helped helped write a couple of the songs 
Um, yeah, so there's four covers, but they're not really straight covers. Like they're kind of more my um, arrangement slash rewriting of them. So like um, there's a Josh Ritter song there, uh, Leaves and Kings, that I just completely rewrote to kind of with my, for my own experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's, yeah, there's a John Prine song in there as well, which again, the, the lyrics and, and the, the melody even is, is different. Like the, the guitar playing is kind of just like rearranged other people's songs. But yeah, six of them are of the 10 songs are, are kind of my own. Yeah. Have your travels inspired you creatively to write these tunes? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's it's pretty much uh, the theme of um, of the album really is, is is travel, and there aren't very many kind of themed albums anymore. I kind of wanted to have that pretty much like uh, specifically kind of about my travels and my experiences. Yeah, so it kind of it yeah it's it kind of starts off kind of mostly about New Orleans because I absolutely love New Orleans. Mm. It's just such a, a great city, you know, m- music wise, but even you know just every, everything else about it. I just I just you know love that city. So it kind of starts off a lot. I think the first three songs meant are about new orleans or at least mentioned new orleans yeah. and then it kind of goes on from there and you know I, there's a song toronto on it as well which is about my time there awesome, and, and everything yeah i have this memory coming to my mind right now and i don't know if it's a photograph i've seen or whether it's a conversation i had with you either in birmingham or dublin or somewhere but did you once bump into michael buble Yes, I did. <laughs> what was that all about? Um, so we were in uh, Pat O'Brien's, I think it was, which is uh, a quote-unquote Irish bar. It's not an Irish <laughs> bar. It's not an Irish bar at all. It's actually more of like a, I don't know, jazz or blues, well, kind of bar, which which most of New Orleans is. Mm. Um, they have like these kind of like dueling pianos there, which is which is pretty amazing. And you, they take requests, so they can play anything, anything you write on that. You know, they'll they'll probably they'll they'll probably they'll probably know it. Mm-hmm. and that you know people are you know dancing and everything it's a really really cool place but uh yeah we we're just hanging out in there i was hanging out with an australian guy a french guy a uh, german guy that that i met at the india house hostel and um so we actually were talking to these girls from i think they're from mississippi and they were they were saying that the only reason they were in new orleans at, at that time was because of michael buble he was playing a show there the next night and we we're like oh that's cool you know mm-hmm. um but then about five minutes later who walks into that to the bar but michael buble um, <laughs> and and then you know these girls are just going crazy like oh my god no way it's michael buble and so everyone was kind of going over trying to get pictures taken with him and everything and uh he was there with like some guy i don't know if he was like his bodyguard or his buddy i don't know but he had to kind of really help him because he was absolutely hammered like, he was <laughs> he was steaming drunk you know and he, he, had, he had he had like stains all over his t-shirt and everything like he was um yeah <laughs> Steaming drunk buble. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, yeah, I, I just went up and said, hey, you know, can I, can I get a picture as well? And yeah. uh, so it was me and the Australian guy. I think Chris was his name. Uh, we just kind of got in a picture, and yeah. And he had a gig the next <laughs> evening. And he had a gig the next evening, apparently. True yeah, style. So. <laughs> Definitely. <yeah. laughs> wow, that's great, man. You must have showed me a picture of you and Chris and and Buble struggling to stand up. Yeah, exactly. We we're holding him up. I think. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> so you said the title of your album is called Ramblin' Around. Yep, that's it. Yep. And is it available online? It is. It's available pretty much anywhere. Um, you can get. You can find it on Spotify and Apple Music and, and anywhere you can. You can stream music. You can find it's also on Bandcamp. Cool. Pretty much everywhere. Yeah, YouTube. If you want to just stream, uh, watch it on YouTube, it's there. Yeah. I got a couple of final things, Adam, and then uh, everybody's going to be in for a treat. Yep. Um, do you ever get homesick? Um, not particularly. I mean, um, I used to, like, uh, like you know, um, when I first started kind of uh, venturing out on my own, definitely, yeah, I would, I would get homesick. I would just be thinking about um, back home a lot. But, you know, in the last, like, um, 
probably you know well good, good few years anyway i haven't really gotten homesick i mean i do think about you know dublin from time to time you know kind of uh nostalgically um you know um and you know i, I do like going back there like, like I, I i do miss i miss family and yeah, i know and some close friends um and you know a good pint of guinness every now and then as well so <laughs> yeah i do I, yeah i, I was kind of I do think about dublin quite fondly you know you know just even sauntering around you know stevens green or whatnot yeah. um but anytime i'm kind of back there for an extended period of time i kind of realize why i, I kind of don't want to be here again you know? <laughs> i want to just get, get out and get out of get out of there again um but yeah you know if, yeah if i don't i wouldn't say i get homesick but i definitely would think about it from time to time yeah what does travel mean to adam sherry it's <laughs> a good question travel for me uh is it's just it's just a huge part of my life like it's just it's a huge uh, you know passion that i have for it. and i think if i'd never gone traveling i don't think i just don't think i would be the person that that i am essentially travel has kind of taught me to be you know like really it's given me like like a lot of confidence i think it's given me a lot of confidence to be the kind of the person that i want to be slash ought to be right you know because like even if i think back to that canadiana times like as i said before i didn't really have an awful lot of confidence uh, i don't know what it was like growing up in australia but in ireland it was kind of like i guess a little bit like individualism isn't appreciated all, all that much you know and maybe a lot of time i felt like a bit of a maybe a bit of an outcast and travel has helped me to kind of make me feel like no i'm, I'm not actually or but even so like that's not a big deal everyone you know everyone's an individual so i think travel has helped me to develop hugely as, as an individual yeah i think i think it's completely travel completely kind of opened up my eyes and kind of changed my perspectives on, on a, lot of, a lot a lot of things and i kind of think like what would i what, what kind of person would i have been if i'd never if i'd never traveled i mean maybe i won't have a great career now or something still in dublin more than likely still still in dublin yeah exactly but yeah i think um you know, I think I think I have like a, a Bob Dylan quote actually, which kind of I've heard recently. Um, was in one of the, like a Netflix documentary, and I've I've often heard people say like, you know, uh, travel is about like uh, finding yourself. You know, I don't know if you've you've heard that a lot. Mm-hmm. I've heard that, and I kind of never really thought that much about it. And uh, but I've heard that what Bob Dylan said. He didn't say travel. He said life specifically. He said um, life isn't about finding yourself um, or finding anything. Uh, life is about creating yourself. And I think uh, travel for me has just been enabled me to to be able to create the person um, that I want to slash ought to be, I guess. So that's kind of what it means to me, yeah. The final question is a question I ask to everybody who comes on the podcast. What would you say if you were talking to somebody who perhaps is a lot younger and even in these weird COVID days, maybe at the moment can't travel and hasn't been able to travel as yet? What kind of advice would you give to them from your experiences? Um, well, just just do it, really. You know, <laughs> um, um, I think I think traveling, especially traveling solo, I think is something that like everyone should kind of um, uh, experience at some point, you know, in their life. Um, like you, you'll end up you'll end up meeting people from from all over the world and, and end up in all sorts of kind of weird and wonderful situations that I don't think you just would if you had if you just stayed at home or you know um, even if you even if you travel in, in a group um, you just don't get you just don't get into those kind of um, weird and wonderful situations you almost sort of um, you can almost sort of make you, or become really great friends with people almost overnight you know and when you when you travel 
Mm. Um, and it's just that, that that kind of great connection that you can make with people just almost instantly is it's kind of bizarre. Um, but uh, it's you know it's, it, I think it's a great thing about it. The only kind of downside to that is um, everyone sort of moves on. So you kind of you might become great friends with with someone and then you know the next day they're they're gone somewhere else. Mm. Um, most people you do end up keeping in contact with, but uh, you know some people you don't, so you just don't you never see them again. But uh, but yeah, I think. Um, yeah, I, th- I think it's definitely like something um, everyone kind of should uh, should experience. Really, I mean, obviously, you know, there's going to be like nerves to it. Like, there's going to be certain fear and worries, and you know, you're going to get that. I mean, I remember even com- the first time coming to Canada, and that you know, that on that seven-hour flight was just like a whirlwind of emotions. Like, you know, it's you're excited, but you're also absolutely terrified as well um, and so like you're kind of sad as well can maybe saying bye to you know family or whatever you're not going to see them again for a while but you know yeah I think you just you just you just got to do it I think um, yeah it's it's you'll realize afterwards you know you you, you made the right decision if you just when you, you just go out and embark on it and you know it's it's kind of it's a kind of emotion and kind of feelings that's very difficult to explain like you know about about traveling um, but I'm sure you you kind of understand that a little bit I agree with you 100 percent now for the treat. Um, how do you want to do this, man? Do you just are you just gonna what what, what are you gonna play? So do you want me to play Proud Mary? I'm assuming. <laughs> <laughs> um, sure. And now for the nostalgia. Oh, mate, that was taking me back. (laughs)
3 a.m. on a cold night in Toronto, <laughs> blasting through the, the brick walls of the Canadiana Hostel. Rest in peace. Those were the days. <laughs> that was. Uh, thank you for having me on the on the show. It's been yeah, it's been fun. It's been nice to reminisce and catch up with an old an old buddy. So yeah. Thanks for listening to the Nostalgic Vagabond. My guest has been Adam Sherry. There are more episodes in this podcast series where you can hear different stories from other travellers. Check them out wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow me at The Nostalgic V. Thanks to Tom Forfa for creating the soundtrack to the series. Don't forget, your journey is special. Own it. I've been Alan Hill. Until next time. Yeah, so you can find uh, my music um, on all streaming platforms, so Spotify, Apple Music, Google Play Music, anywhere that it streams music, you'll find my album Rambling Around. Uh, you can also follow my adventures on social media, so I'm on Facebook, uh, the handle there is A Sherry Music, or on Instagram, and it's Adam Sherry Music. Uh, and you can find me on YouTube, and yeah, everywhere you can, everywhere you can stream music, you'll find Rambling Around. the good people that I used to know. Take me back, old Toronto, and I won't ever leave you, no, I won't ever go. Take a stroll down by the lake, and feel your heart fill with every breath you take. Or wander around Kensington Market, and get the feeling that your last year
must have up and left a long time ago the old house down on Whitmer Street well it no longer exists it's just a pile of concrete so think I'm gonna head out west to Banff, Alberta